Susan Finch, your host today for Rooted in Revenue. And today I'm super excited because I have Laura Patterson here and she is the president of Vision Edge Marketing. And she's here to talk to me about revenue and talk to you and give you a good tip. Welcome, Laura. I'm so glad you could join us. I'm really excited to be with you, Susan. It has been ages and it, this is going to be so fun. <laughs> well, you, you're busy right now too because you're you just launched a podcast. Well, it wasn't our podcast. It was actually associated with the B2B growth group that is supporting ISBM. If you're familiar with ISBM, the international um, organization that supports the business marketing, the Institute for Business Marketing out of Penn State. So uh, that's a great association. Wonderful. Well, that's exciting. So I want to kind of get right to it. How does revenue generating look for Vision Edge Marketing? Well, you know, obviously we're like any other company. If we don't, if we don't uh, make money, um, then we don't stay in business. Right. <laughs> we're not a, we're, we are a for-profit entity and we're a services firm. So for us, it's always about customers. I, I think if, you know, I had to give a tip to any um, entrepreneur or leader in any organization, even nonprofits, it's always about customers or if it's a nonprofit, your members or your community. I mean, that's, if you don't have the relationships with those, you don't have revenue. I think sometimes people try and skip that step and just get to give me money. Uh, I've never found that successful. No, <laughs> <If> they, it's not. <laughs> if that works for them, I would, can they send me a tip? <laughs> because um, we're very, focused on investing in the relationships we have with our customers. Um, you know, if you go back to Michael Porter and, you know, you talk, he talks a little bit about strategy and the kinds of companies you can be. And, you know, I know it's a little old fashioned to go back to Michael Porter's five forces and all of that, but for just a moment, you know, indulge me. He talks about, you know, you can be uh, an innovator, you know, a leader. Um, you can be about process or efficiencies, operations, um, and you can be about customer intimacy. Um, you can be maybe two of those things. It's kind of hard to be all three of those things. And uh, we really try to focus on, you know, customer intimacy. I mean, for us, I mean, that's one of the things that I think boutique firms like ours brings to the conversation is we have deep experience, lots of expertise, but we're there for our customers whenever they need us. We're invested in their success. Mm-hmm. So what are the key services or products that you offer? Where do you make the most revenue, not just building the relationships, but what are some of your most valuable services that you are giving to people? That's a great question. I hope our customers find these valuable. Um, They they keep coming back. So I guess that's a good sign. Um, So when we started in 1999, I think you have to go kind of a little bit in the rewind back in time. we started as a strategic and product marketing organization based on data, analytics, metrics, and process. So I know you were around in 1999. I remember our past crossing early. And when you said the words data analytics or data-driven or insights-driven or fact-based, people were kind of like, you know, deer in the headlights. Yes. Today, I mean, that's like buzzwords, right? But mm-hmm. back then, that really was kind of a, an innovative thought. Um, so our customers uh, tend to fall into two groups, and so do our services. But the primary ingredients in every instance is data analytics process 
and, and metrics. Um, our commitment to our customers is to help them be successful, to help them be successful in driving growth, creating value, and improving performance. And to do that around the uh, function or, uh, of marketing, which is find, keep, and grow the value of customers. So that's everything is kind of built on that foundation. Um, all the same ingredients. So whether you're making uh, biscuits or pancakes, you know, you need some basic primary ingredients, you know, flour, water, eggs, milk. Ours are data analytics uh, measurement and process. And so our customers it, really, go ahead. Well, because a lot of people say, oh, I need data, I need data, I need data. And they get their data, they get their analytics, they get all these things, they have it in place. But if they don't have somebody that can interpret, they can create the plan for them, that can help them with, you know, with how, what does this data mean? Yeah, I have it all. That's, to me, that's, that is where that intimacy comes in. Because you have to be able to position it for them in a way that they can say, okay, I get it. Now this is what we need to do, right? Yes. Data that is not have, you can't derive insights from and make it actionable is just rough, you know, gems. They're, they're useless. Well, they're maybe not useless, but it's not going to help be helpful, right? So the more you can uh, transform that data into actionable insights that you can then make valuable strategic decisions, the better. Um, right. So, yes, I totally agree with you. I do think that um, a lot of people have started to use data kind of as an excuse for inaction. We have so much data, we don't know what to do, uh, or we don't have enough data, so we can't do anything, or we're in the analysis of data, but we're kind of paralyzed because we're overwhelmed in analyzing it. You know, you and I go way back, and in days when um, we didn't have the... Um, access to the kinds of data people have today. But we made fact-based decisions, right? We still did, we did it the hard way. Maybe it wasn't automated. Maybe we didn't have as quite the volume of data and we weren't being firehosed with the data. But I think people feel, need to realize that you can make big insights from little data. You don't have to have volumes of data to make good decisions. It's simple things. I have one client that he, he every two weeks he does one small little email campaign and the simplicity of coaching him to how many people opened it. Well, did you contact them? Did you follow up with them directly with a phone call? You have their phone numbers. Did you do that? Oh, I hadn't thought of that. I was just looking at the clicks. I went, oh my goodness. <laughs> They're clicking and downloading and you're not calling them. You need to call them immediately. Yeah, you're so right, Susan. I think back to action, right? It um, is. It's, a, a really it's good point. simple, though, that you and I would take for granted, and many professionals in our in our marketing positions would. But for people, especially in smaller companies, other boutique companies, they've never had to do this before, or it's new. Before they were just pushing stuff out, or doing the research, and or creating the product, and or showing up at trade shows. But they didn't realize these other pieces that we live and breathe. It, for us, it's just like, oh, of course. Yes, and I think you're bringing up a really good point as I'm following your train of thought, and it kind of ties back to how our customers, which are almost all B2B, how our customers are kind of organized. I think of our customers in the B2B space kind of fall into two groups, those more medium or smaller size companies, and then those really large enterprise companies, and they really need different things. Uh, to your point, in terms of action. So the smaller, more medium-sized, they need 
us to help with voice of customers, segmentation, how to bring a product to market, how to create a go-to-market strategy, how to do positioning and messaging, um, uh, how, you know, which customers to grow and expand your footprint in, uh, what new markets to pursue, what kinds of information do we need to gain insights into potential new products or services, how do we increase the adoption rate of the products and services that we have. Very different kinds of questions because they, are not, they don't typically have but a couple of people a few people in their marketing ranks. And those people are often very tied to the sales team, supporting the sales team in the trenches. So they're not thinking about the strategic kinds of questions. And so they kind of need resources like yours and mine to help them do that and really help them lay out that plan. And what does that, what does the plan look like? How do you make a good plan? How do you make sure it keeps getting executed? Right? So that's one group. And so I, I really all, I really talk about that being around improving uh, marketing because that's really helping marketing uh, be better for the company, right? Helping the marketing be that engine of driving growth, driving value. But then there's this whole other group of companies, much larger companies, who have all those very sophisticated, large marketing uh, capabilities, really talented folks, and lots of them um, sprinkled all over you know, the organization all around the world. And they're having different challenges. Their challenges are much, you know, they have a lot of specialists. So their challenges are more around getting the story, you know, more integrated and being able to really show the connection of the work of marketing to the business. When you're in a small to medium-sized company, um, the, that connection is pretty clear, right? right? But when you get in the bigger company, you know, it's a little bit harder. And the challenge with the with both those companies today is they're being inundated with technology and technology is great. You know, think about back to our world when we got some of those new tools we got and how excited we were. Oh my gosh, look what we're going to be able to do with this. But that's only good if you know what to do with that tool and can that, use and it. That, it's a tool. It's not a tactic. Correct. It's a tool. Yes, it's a tool. And uh, I think what you have today is a lot of organizations who have spent a lot of money on tools and have people who can push buttons on those tools, but that's not the really same thing as having um, a, all the things that go around the tool to make sure that it's actually going to do what it can do for your organization. It might do some things in terms of efficiencies, but it may not necessarily make you more effective if you don't understand what you need around it. Right. That's what we, we try to help our customers really address that. The bigger guys, the little guys, they're, they're putting in some very fundamental kinds of tools, right? Um, and so, you know, they're going from, um, you know, very simple capabilities and trying to upgrade their, their tools. And, and so their, their, um, their ability to do damage with their tools is less because they don't have such sophisticated tools yet. I agree. So let's get to your tip, though. I bet you have one. What is a tip that you've learned or to create or generate revenue or an aha moment that you would want to share with our audience? Well, I have a couple. You know, I've been, I'm, a, I'm an old dog. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I think back uh, to um, two things that I think that have served 
served me well in my career when I was inside the company in the marketing chair chair and now as um, the founder and hopefully uh, leader good leader uh, of vision edge marketing so back to my first thing it's always about customers right I think that's really the ultimate tip and so one of the things I ask of my people and I remember being asked when I was first going and joining the ranks of corporations was what are you going to do today that is going to help a customer be successful that's a great tip right it's a great question every day I try to ask my people the same thing what are you doing today that's going to help a customer be or become more successful right yes because that's what we're here to do it is because we are of no value if we don't bring them something that they don't already have. That's right. That's, that's right. How do you know, be more successful, solve a problem, uh, whatever it might be, that's what we have to do. And so when I ask them to look at their tasks on the list, I ask them to think about those tasks in two ways. Put a C next to the ones that are going to be for customers that have some direct impact to a customer or a prospect and everything else. And that the priorities ought to be on the C's, right? Yeah. As opposed to everything else. Um, so that's a, one of my, the things, that's kind of a tip. So I encourage people that I work with um, and that I network with that are entrepreneurs like me or have small boutiques like me, I always say, you know, are you working on the things that are going to help your customers be more successful? When you look at your to-do list that you have every day, mm-hmm. are you tied, to, are, you, are your priorities the things for customers? So that's, a, that's my tip. That's a great tip. That's the second, a, it, it, the second that's thing. A, mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I, I want, before I lose my thought, because being that old dog, sometimes they don't stick around as long as I would like them to. I'm older than you are. Oh, well, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> so the second, uh, did I lose it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it'll come back to me. Go ahead. <laughs> See, I knew that would happen. <laughs> well, right now, why don't I would love to drive people to what is what is your passion right now? What are you launching? What would you like to share with the audience? A call to action to get them to come come learn more about Vision Edge Marketing. Oh, that's a great question, and thank you for doing that. So, one of the things I, I'm often asked, um, do you do you have a superpower? Do you have a superpower, Susan? I do. What's your superpower? Mine is making my clients not feel dumb with techno speak and with their online presence. I educate them so they have confidence and they aren't as intimidated. That's a great superpower, making your customers feel smart and not mm-hmm. feel uh, intimidated and giving them confidence. Okay, I, I too have a superpower. And um, one of my superpowers is that I'm able to kind of, in a marketing plan, get rid of all the ancillary stuff and really see the core and see how those things that you're going to do down in the day-to-day really connect to things that are going to make the business be successful. 
that's, that's a great that's a, superpower. Thank you. And so I would say that the majority of the marketing plans we see are really just a list of things to do. Sometimes they have ancillary stuff, but mostly it's just a list. We're going to do this. We're going to do these trade shows, and here's some stuff we're going to do. Um, we're going to create this new content. Uh, we're going to up, update the website. We're going to uh, do some social media campaigns. We're going to create a new video. Right? It's a list. Right. And um, it's a really that's good, but it's not tied to the top. Or sometimes I see some stuff on the top and then I see the list, but there's nothing in the middle. It's kind of like, well, there no con the, there's no connection, connective tissue. So I would say to any of your, your folks that are listening today, come see us and see whether or not your marketing plan has all of those linkages between the stuff you're going to do and the money you're going to spend because you're making an investment and the results that the business needs. And if you don't, we'll help you fix that. So, so audience, this is a tip for you. Just because a company, you've paid a company to create a marketing plan for you, does not make you obligated to have them implement it. And before you invest money to implement these types of things, because that takes away from your bottom line, and it's more you have to recover to generate revenue on the, you know, on the black side. Take it, get a second opinion like you would for a car, like you would for a house, like you would for medical services. Why wouldn't you get a second opinion on something that's going to affect or make or break your business? Take it. If you had somebody else make it, take it to Vision Edge. Pay them the consulting fee to review it and give you their opinions of it. It might be perfect. They might say, oh my gosh, you guys are set. Or it might be, I would make some suggestions and here's what we would do. But get that second opinion. There is nothing wrong with that. And any company that provided a marketing plan to you that objects to that, be careful because they're so insecure in their plan to you that they're afraid of another company looking at it. And that's a red flag. That's a really good point. And that was my second thing I was remembering. You helped me remember, Susan. Thank you. <laughs> the second thing I was going to say for a small to medium-sized entities, and this really served me personally well, when I was in the corporate world, was having a really solid network of partners. Um, I, I'm a big believer, and I think many companies today are in having relatively lean teams inside that organization. And mm -hmm. getting, re, getting recs, I think they're getting easier a little bit right now, but getting personnel recs is, uh, it always, isn't always easy, and it certainly isn't for very high-level people. It might be easier for more junior level people. And then that junior level person may not have the ability to exercise good judgment, nor experience, right? Because they don't have the experience to, to go back to. And it takes time to spin them up, to train them. So having a really good network uh, that you can to go to, or even if, you know, I used to call it, I don't know what you might have called it, but I used to call it the spigot. There were projects that turned on, but turned off, right? They weren't always on. Well, right. I wouldn't want, you, you can't hire a person for spigot work. Like no. doing research is a good example. I need to conduct a, a research study or I need to do a segmentation analysis or I um, need to put together, you know, uh, an MRD and go out to the market and, and gather some requirements for a new product or service. These are spigots for mid-sized companies. In big companies, they've got a whole group that does that because they're looking at that for a huge organization. But for smaller medium companies, those are probably spigots. Why you wouldn't hire that full time? So have a really good network you can go to, and have that in your sort of 
you know, in your uh, ecosystem so you can get your, get the work done. That's another thought that I was, I would share with your folks. And I come from having an art gallery years ago. So that background for me is, it's a paint, you know, it's kind of like a paint piece of art. You don't use the same colors on every one of them. You just need them sometimes. Or maybe this one is not even a painting. Maybe it's a ceramic piece and it's a totally different set of tools. I'm so visual. I always have to think in terms like that. But you're right. I have, a, my mom would call it an arsenal, but I have a whole support group behind in all these different areas that I can turn to and say, okay, let's pull these four people together on this one. And let's pull two of them on the next one and two from over here. And I found that that has been the most valuable resource, not only for me, but for my clients, because they're not stuck with what I only know. That is a great point, too, about working with folks like us. We have that network. And so it's not just what we know and our experience, but we can tap other resources. Um, so, yeah, that's a really good point. I, I agree with you. So where can people find you? Well, um, if they type in visionedgemarketing.com, we'll pop right up. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, would love for anyone to come and visit us. We have all kinds of um, things on our website to, to be helpful. We have a blog. We try to post to at least once a month. So there's lots of fresh content. Uh, always welcome people connecting on LinkedIn. I, I love being connected with you on LinkedIn uh, because at least that way we can stay you know, in touch with each other. Right. Because we're both busy. We're both trying to run hard and fast. We've got companies that we're running and customers we're taking care of. So, you know, LinkedIn gives us a way to, to stay in touch. So I'm open to uh, LinkedIn invites. Um, and, you know, any uh, other way that people would like to reach out to me. Today, there's so many avenues, right? Between there are. <laughs> Where do you feel like hanging out? Okay, I'll find you there. Exactly. Laura, thank you for joining us today on Rooted in Revenue. Folks, don't forget to sign up and find us on iTunes. You can subscribe there now and take us to go. They're little short nugget-sized episodes, nothing overwhelming, and can you know probably last you from here to the store. So go ahead and tune in, listen to our replay, subscribe to our site, rootedinrevenue.com, with me and Lainey Sullivan every Thursday. Thank you so much. Laura, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Really appreciate it being a part of the program. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are, so go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence. Mm-hmm.